you providing ATC with a heads up about your travel plans? If not, you should be, and here's how. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan. This week's podcast is brought to you by Whiting Aviation Park. Ready to grow your business in Santa Rosa County, Florida. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for business aviation news. Did your last IFR clearance end up bearing little resemblance to what you'd filed? And once you were airborne, did it feel as though you were being rerouted around the national airspace system for seemingly no apparent reason? These are pretty common grievances for business aviation pilots, but there are steps you can take to stack the odds in your favor, and several next-gen communications technologies, including Datacom, make that a relatively simple task. The key to NextGen is to basically provide your departure information as accurately as possible through your flight plan service provider so that it gets into the FAA's system so they can manage the, the air traffic based on reliable information so they can then determine how to manage the air traffic if there are any volume constraints, weather constraints. So providing that key data through your flight plan service provider to the FAA will be key in making sure you don't receive any additional delay as the day progresses of the day of your flight operation. Dean Snell is manager of NBAA Air Traffic Services, which represents business aviation interests and concerns from the floor of the FAA's Air Traffic Control System Command Center in Warrington, Virginia. So Dean, how can pilots utilize Datacom to, I guess, pre-flight plan their next trip? The vast majority of flight plan service providers in the business aviation world are what they call CDM members, which means they provide data to the FAA for their customers uh, for the flight plans that they file. So that information, that data goes from the flight plan service provider to the FAA based on the inputs of the pilot and or the dispatcher for the business aviation flight operator, providing the FAA with the data they're using to manage the national airspace system the next day. So what's important is that flight information get into the FAA system through your flight plan service provider in advance uh, so you are what they call known demand within the FAA world. In other words, your flight plan is in the system They have your departure time. They know these are the times you're operating so they can then manage that airspace and manage that demand. And you're um, not getting any additional delays based on an inaccurate file time. What can operators do to expedite this process? To answer that, I'm joined by Rich Bull, a business aviation pilot and chair of the Airspace, Air Traffic and Flight Technologies Working Group of the NBAA Access Committee. From the operator side, is when we become aware of the flight plan or of the proposed flight, we need to flight plan in enough time to let that process that Dean just described work. To make that work most efficiently, we need to make sure our flight plans are filed with our air traffic service provider before any program comes into place. If you have a morning departure at 8 a.m. and you wait until you walk into flight into your company flight plan and it's 6.30 in the morning to get behind the computer to type in your flight plan, that's too late. You're not known traffic anymore. You're pop-up traffic. 
you're not going to be part of any program that might have come out in the morning or that was being planned. So we want pilots to fly no later than the night prior for a morning departure, preferably about 12 to 24 hours in advance. It's important to file to get your proposed time into the system before any programs go into place. It doesn't mean that you got to file a week in advance for it. It's also important to understand that this doesn't move you to the front of the line if a program comes into place. What it does mean is that your flight will take the fewest potential delays that may come in. If you're a pop-up traffic, you're now subject to the potential for larger number of or longer delays. Dean, I hope I got that right. Yes, sounds good. And the key is being, as I said, that known demand, because when a traffic management initiative is implemented by the FAA, it takes the data at that given time, which would be known demand, and distributes the delays equally amongst that. So when you come in and file a flight plan after that delay has already been allocated, that's when there's different algorithms within the FAA automation that finds a slot for you. And quite often, its additional delay is, is assigned to that slot because you're now demand that wasn't there when that program was initially implemented. And Dean, as you mentioned earlier, one way operators can utilize this pre-flight planning option is through their flight planning service provider. Marek Shiviak is a flight operations specialist for Airink Direct. Can you tell us a bit of how this process works from that perspective, Marek? Absolutely. So on the Airing Direct website, uh, when a pilot goes in and sets a plan to file, uh, it, it either shows as a pending state or, or a filed state. But uh, just setting it to file and showing pending on the, on the filing page, what that'll do is uh, once we hit 23 hours, 59 minutes before the flight or less than that, what it does is it sends that early intent data out so they so they become part of that you can still change the route so really the only information that's going out is tail number city pair and departure time so you know if you need to adjust the route that's fine but just getting that out there like dean was saying earlier makes all the difference in the world historically i've seen a lot of customers they're more in line with the average delays than say those folks who file at the last minute they're the ones that can end up getting those you know two three hour edicts that are just going to really complicate their flight day rounding out our panel today is robert mcleod team leader for flight operations at ForeFlight. Are pilots using your app to plan their flights also able to take advantage of this pre-flight notification, Robert? With ForeFlight, if the user files the flight plan within 22 hours of their departure time, we're going to release it immediately to the FAA. And I think, like what everyone else is saying, it's important to make sure that you get your flight plan in, in the system in case there are any programs that are going to be coming out or anything special going on with the airspace. Most of the time when we see users getting into trouble is when they're trying to do things at the last minute. So I would agree that if you have an early morning flight that you get your planning done and have it in the system the night before. You certainly don't want to do it when you're walking into flight ops. Coming up, we'll look at how Datacom also benefits pilots while en route and discuss resources to help flight crews with their pre-flight planning. But first, a word from our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park in Santa Rosa County, Florida. Ready to grow your business? Whiting Aviation Park can help you take off. Here, you can develop up to 200 acres for manufacturing, maintenance, repair, or overhaul operations adjacent to NAS Whiting Field. 
with access to its 6,000 foot runway. You'll be able to reach high and go far from Santa Rosa County, Florida, home to a large, skilled, military-trained workforce. If you're serious about growing your business, learn more about the incentives waiting for you at whitingaviationpark.com. We're back now with our panel discussion of tips for business aviation pilots to utilize datacom services to better prepare ATC for their planned flight and to avoid unexpected delays or reroutes. Now, Rich, we've covered pre-flight planning before departure. What can pilots do to expedite their arrivals once en route? If you have the proper STAR filed in your flight plan, that's probably the first most important thing. And obviously, that's going to be part of your flight plan that you're going to load into the aircraft's flight management system. The bigger problem comes in later down the road when the STAR branches out into the runway transitions. And runway transitions are often tied to a particular approach. And we've been having a tremendous amount of problems with this, not only in flight plan filing, but in actual operations. Because the airlines, it's kind of easy to predict sometimes what runway you're going to land on. Because the GA parking is not always in the same place that the airline parking is, we get a different runway. So pilots need to be mentally prepared It's important that you do load as much information into the FMS as you can because you do need that information to compute a lateral and vertical path. But be prepared to not only load what ATC is telling you to expect, but also what approach may move you to for the normal flow of GA traffic. If you file the PBN codes, the expectation is that you file PBN procedures. So make sure that if you put in your PBN codes that you're RNAV-1 capable, that you file an RNAV SID or an RNAV STAR. Just don't file a conventional SID or STAR just because it happens to pop up on what the system filed or what the last ATC clearance was. The last ATC clearance that you see on a lot of flight planning and services or FlightAware, uh, have to keep in mind that when you file a flight plan, that flight plan is checked at the departure air route traffic control center and is basically good from a route standpoint to the boundaries of that air traffic control center. Now, while it's a legal clearance for you to file if you lose COM, nobody's looked at it for anything else beyond the departure air route traffic control center boundary. If your flight plan takes you through a restricted airspace or an incompatible star on the other end, no one has checked for that. It's your responsibility as the pilot to make sure that your route stays out of restricted airspace and is on the appropriate SID or star procedure for the equipment codes that you file. There are a number of resources out there to further assist pilots with their pre-flight planning. What are some you'd recommend, Rich? First of all, I need to select a route that I'm going to get. And if you are a advanced airplane, like most business aircraft are, that take advantage of performance-based navigation, you have to file performance-based procedures. And your flight plan codes need to reflect that. So we have the FAA's operational approval guidance table that tells you what codes to file, what authorizations are required to file those, and the operator guidance that goes along with it. Make sure that you're filing the appropriate flight plan codes to take advantage 
of the new PBN procedures. Now, once you've done that, you need to figure out what's the appropriate route. And the appropriate route is not what is the minimum time route or the optimized route that the flight planning computer throws out. Go to the Air Traffic System Command Center website. They have the route management tool, two options, the National Flight Data Center preferred routes and the CDR routes. Take a look at those routes. Put your departure airport in your destination, see if a route comes up. If your departure airport is not in there, put your departure air route traffic control center in or the in route center that you're going to traverse prior to going into that space. More than likely, you'll find some type of preferred route or a CDR route that they want you on. If you file that route, you're likely to get that route in your clearance and ATC doesn't have to issue an amended clearance later on. File correctly to start with. The night prior, take a look at the NAS operations plans. Airing Direct for Flight, they have these available. They give you kind of a weather briefing on what they expect in the national airspace system the next day. You turn on the weather channel to see the broad view of what the weather's going to be like. Take a minute to take a look at this NASA operations plan for the day and see what's going on in your particular area that you're going to fly. Pre-flight planning the day of, you can look at the OIS page on the Air Traffic System Command Center's page. I have this on my browser as one of my home pages right along with the Aviation Weather Center. So when I start on my computer with my browser, it's one of the first things that I see. I see it a snapshot where the delays are, where runway closures are. It's updated every 15 minutes, and it'll tell me if I've got an advisory out to some of the airports I might be flying in. If I'm looking to see what might be going on during the day, maybe my flight's at noon and I get up at 8 o'clock. Get on the advisory database, look at the latest operations plan. It basically is the best view of what's going to happen that day, planned advisories that are going to come out, planned reroutes so that you can get ahead of the game. You might be able to pick up the telephone and tell your client, your passengers, might be best if we can leave an hour earlier so that we avoid this delay plan that they're planning to come out at 12. Robert, how can pilots utilize apps like ForeFlight to handle these pre-flight planning measures? And what other resources are out there that you'd recommend? Yeah, so I would agree with what Dean and Rich were saying earlier, but you know, you just use the technology that's available to you. I was flying yesterday from Dallas Love back to Houston, and uh, if you have access to something like a digital ATIS, we were sitting in Dallas, and we could look at the, the ATIS for Houston Hobby and figure out what runway uh, we could expect. Uh, that way, when we're programming the FMS, we can kind of have a little bit of a heads up what to expect and, and talk about that while we're en route. Other things that you can use, like PDC, if you can get your clearance uh, ahead of time and have a discussion with the other pilot, or if you're by yourself, you can use that to give you kind of a last-minute snapshot of what you can expect. The PDC is extremely helpful. You're not sitting there with the engine running, the passengers climbing on board. You can sit there in a relaxed environment and really plan out what's going on ahead of you. But there are a lot of resources that you can use and just use the technology that's out there to help make things easier and do it when things are calm. Marek, what kind of information should pilots and flight departments have at the ready when contacting services like Air Inc. Direct to coordinate their next flight? 
I don't think anybody else mentioned, but just really basic thing, you know, checking notams. I can't tell you how many times, you know, run into instances where it, it may not be clear with the notam, but uh, it's the only runway that's that's closed, you know, for an airport. So that essentially closes the airport, you know, especially when you've got TFRs. The MBAA uh, website, their uh, presidential TFR section is a huge help having that out there because it, it helps decoding those notums sometimes is uh, it's it's almost like it's written in a foreign language. So having having a plain language version of that definitely helps. The special use airspace site on the FAA site, uh, that's another one too that I would recommend looking at ahead of time. That'll give you, for me, the best example I can give is, you know, those those restricted areas off the West Coast, you know, when you're going out to Hawaii, that could impact the type of route, the clearance that you're going to get. It could take you out of your way by 50 to 100 miles if one of those control airways is is closed off the coast. Other stuff, I know we focus a lot on domestic stuff, but if you're going overseas to Europe, the Eurocontrol site, their network operations portal, they have a public site. There's some great resources on there that you can see some delays, planned military activities. That'll help with pre-flight planning with, with routes and then just kind of general world news. When I was working trip support, we always had a, a news station on because, you know, in case if there was a big event, uh, whether it was weather related or a volcano going off or an earthquake, it's another resource that could potentially help with your pre-trip planning. Dean, speaking of available resources, I have a hunch you'll want to mention NBAA's air traffic services. Yes, certainly. We're there at the command center advocating for business aviation interests in the daily management of the NAS. And, you know, we're fortunate that we have such a a vast digital world available to us. And many of my colleagues here have mentioned the FAA products. And it's pretty much all packaged on the fly.faa.gov website. And when you get to that homepage, you would select the products tab at the top. And that brings down a a plethora of databases and other areas of information that have been mentioned by my colleagues on this podcast. And I will add that as we head into next gen, the data exchange with these flight plans becomes more and more important because as we head into next gen, there will be some additional structure added to management of the national airspace system. NBAA advocates to keep the flexibility that uh, business aviation needs, understanding we also want to run as efficient of an operation as possible. So as we head into next gen, providing that data, uh, you know, will be key. And then updating the data when we get to the day of departure, if our times are going to be earlier or later. So that'll lead me to my, my final point, which is if you have a window for a departure time instead of a you know a specific time which is common in business aviation i would say err towards filing the earliest time you would depart as opposed to the latest time you would depart in that window because the way the faa automation works you're much better off delaying time or changing your departure time to later than trying to move it up earlier because quite often the FAA automation will lock in that original file time and you'll get additional delay based on the fact that you're trying to, to leave earlier and it still has that original time. So that that would be just if there's a gray area and you, know, you want to err on the side of caution, it's always a little better to file your earliest planned departure time and move it later. And the thing to remember is that ATC keeps that flight plan in their system for, in most cases, up to 120 minutes. 
Exactly. You know, I was thinking when I think it was Dean was mentioning the OIS page, I think folks educating themselves on, on the flow constrained areas, you know, especially when we get into severe weather events. And that gets me thinking into also having a backup plan. Especially if, if weather's involved, if you got a flight from Teterboro to Fort Lauderdale, you know, obviously most cases you're going to plan down the coast or one of the routes that are slightly offshore, but to prepare for, if you have to use one of the Aziza routes going well offshore, going out to San Francisco, fog's going to be an issue, you know, have something in advance where you talk to your passenger and say, hey, maybe we should go to Oakland instead to, to avoid having to deal with some lengthy edicts that would be going into San Francisco. So, yeah, having, having something in your back pocket, it's helped on a more than one occasion getting customers out of a jam. My thanks again to our guests today, Rich Bull, Robert McLeod, Marek Shiviak, and Dean Snell. You can learn more about NBAA Air Traffic Services at nbaa.org forward slash ATS. Also, be sure to check out the October 2nd NBAA NewsHour webinar that drove this conversation, Flight Planning Tips and Tricks at nbaa.org forward slash NewsHour. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Thanks again to our sponsor, Whiting Aviation Park. And remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts in the App Store. Wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking Alexa or another connected device, or download them from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for a new episode of Flight Plan. Flight Plan.